It's Guild Ball Tonight, your independent source for Guild Ball news, information, and conversation. Episode 71 for November 28th, 2017. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Guild Ball Tonight podcast. Now, I am your uh, dog's barking host, Phil, and joining me tonight, as is... Usually the case, despite what you may have heard last week, is our No Dogs Barking co-host, Bill. How you doing, Bill? Uh, what is that? Dogs barking in the rain? The umbrella is unfurled? Dogs barking need umbrella to fly. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So, Bill, you weren't here last week, and uh, you left me on my own to do a, I... to do a SteamCon keynote wrap-up all by myself. I did. However, I did do a good job in wishing my daughter a late birthday, happy oh. birthday, whatnot. So I did the right uh, dad thing. Yeah, some people's priorities, folks. So, um, so this week, I think it's time for you to have your say because <laughs> uh, more than a few things that were that were like uh, front and center in that keynote really, really do strongly affect teams that are near and dear to your heart in particular of course the union and the morticians true very true so uh here in between the steam cons i think it might be a good uh, a good opportunity to let you go ahead and share your thoughts on what we know at this point and what we have learned and what we have pieced together so phil i have not taken the time yet because well, you know, I, I suck and uh, well, listen to last week's episode. So I don't know the right tone to set on this. If I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, I love this game so much. I'm only negative about things I really like. Uh, that was for DC. Or uh, if I'm, uh, you know, supposed to be positive about things. Just be honest, Bill. <laughs> you know, I asked uh, Yeah, so... Very interesting keynote last week. Um, I am intrigued to see what comes out in our Q&A since uh, we in the United States don't engender a keynote. All we engender is a Q&A session, but at least they save some things for us, uh, namely about God tier, which we're not really talking about, right? Uh, you know... There's going to be a, a God tier podcast. Uh, it's not going to be like, mine. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think even without talking about the game, it is important to note, or I was intrigued to note, the sheer amount of excitement and interest and how, I, I don't know, I was a little amazed. I, I'm interested to hear hear how you feel so i'll go listen to last week but i was a little amazed at uh how heavily god tier overshadowed guild ball once it got re once it got announced well bill should you listen to last week's episode you will find <laughs> out that i did not mention it once <laughs> well there we go so you saved something for me thank you 
So, I mean, I mean, did you did you have the same feeling, or is that just me? Well, I mean, it was it a new was game the they new announced last game, year, right? Like it was the they they had some big announcements about Gilball, but of course, this is a brand new a brand new toy and a new property, and and it was going to receive the the focus of the the of the event. So here's what I find here's what I find intriguing and different about that. Um, I felt like if you just go with the coverage, it was pretty even coverage from Steamforged between God Tier and the changes to Guild Ball, which we'll come back to. Mm-hmm. I I also find your point about it being the new, you know, sort of the brand new game, the new toy and everything. I find that also to be an interesting take because last year Dark Souls was the new game. If you look at volume of Kickstarter by the time Steamforge rolled around, it was clearly the dominant moneymaker or focus, but it didn't take up a lot of focus on on the keynote, right? There was a couple of slides last year and then it was almost everything was about Guild Ball and then a couple teasers with no name about God Tier coming this year. Um, this year they have three new card games or two new card games releasing that, uh, you know, two new card games, a brand new board game that took up about the same real estate, if you will, that dark souls did last year. And then I felt like the rest of the keynote was pretty evenly split between here's a bunch of things coming for guild ball. And then here's this new God tier stuff. But I was intrigued. What intrigued me even more is how rabid the audience became. One, completely ignoring anything about Resident Evil, either of the Dark Souls games, or the new, you know, half-mentioned uh, Steamforged Innovations game. Um, but then everybody, like the entire focus, won't say entire, ninety percent of the focus seemed to be. On uh, on God tier, and that's what surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I know that my my live tweeting just covered what was said, and then once we got into the uh, once we got into the actual Q and A, I felt like almost all the questions were actually about will we see the um, the losing sculpts. I think that was every other question <laughs> in the Q and A. Which which makes me really want to go around and get as many people in the U.S. to ask that same question. Oh, I've already said we're we're asking it nine times. <laughs> we're asking that question nine times, and and, oh. and if we don't, I'm going to be very disappointed in all of you. So I agree. Um, so let's talk about Guild Ball. Minor I'd guilds. Talk about Guild Ball. Minor guilds. All right. So minor so the guilds. First minor farmers guild. captain. Yeah. Well, the the first uh, the first one is going to, of course, be the Rat Catchers, who are the minor guild for the Morticians, which is, of course, one of your one of your signature teams. So, I wanted to see what you think about about the minor, minor guild guilds. situation. Are you uh, are you excited about what they bring, or are you worried about what they mean? I am hmm, I, not really either. 
I'm I'm a, I'm 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 not really that excited about them. Okay. I'm as excited about the fact they're bringing in minor guilds as I am by the fact they bring in any new guild. Um, I th- I think they are. I don't know. I, I I listened to Matt on one of his other interviews, and this was something I'm kind of interested in talking to him about. I listened to him mention that the minor guilds are going to be a spin or a different look at the play style of other guilds out there, of the major guilds. Right. Um, okay, sure. Uh, I, I, I feel so like that's going... Styles. Well, <laughs> okay, there's so many places. But here's the thing. It, that's kind of my worry there. If you're going to try to put a different spin on the limited play styles you're already covering with, t- with 11 teams... I don't. I'll be intrigued to see how they don't step on the same design space. Mm-hmm. Well, right? but I think that if if you recall in the keynote, they essentially said these teams are going to step on the the other teams' design space because what they yeah. So why not? What just they said was guilds. yeah. They, I mean, they, they basically said something in effect of rat catchers are going to intrude on butchers' design space. Well, but we're not yeah. doing it with morticians. <laughs> well, no, I no. Actually, they said they're going to be another spin on a control team. Or so they're stepping on morticians' yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, and they're doing it. You know, so I I don't know. That disappoints me a little. I expected more from them. Um, I I I really did. I expected more, and. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm glad to see that there's some there's some new guilds. I am not sure how super exciting it's going to be other than cool. Now, with if they come out competitive, depending on where they're going to go with the roster changes and everything else, yes, we're going to get a new competitive guild, but is it really going to be that different? Mm. And now, I'm more excited about the idea that they may use the opportunity to errata um, some of the models in each of the guilds. Right. I mean, that's, it does seem like taking a step back and seeing the two players selected to be crossover players, the argument could be made that they're the two players most in need of a tweak. And is this an opportunity for them to be tweaked? Right now, the other thing I will say is this: um, DC got asked a question about the union, and I think his answer is fantastic. It's a really good answer, right? Which is he came out and he said, "Look, when you design a union model, he talked to Matt about this from the beginning, and you're not just designing one model; you're designing, you know." Uh, six. If the model plays for six guilds, you're designing seven models, one for the union and one for each of the guilds they play for. So you're redesigning the same model multiple times. And in order to find the proper balance, uh, the you have to go with the lowest common denominator. So you can't make uh, the union a standalone strong within the union union model because that may unbalance other guilds. Um, I think that is a really good answer. I think it is such utter bullshit that it really shocked me to hear him say it. Uh, not that I don't think he believes that, but I think 
I, I, again, I had more faith in their ability to balance models. And I've always found the argument that, oh my God, this model's too powerful in butchers, so we can't make it a good model in Union to be a pile of horseshit. Bill Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, so from that standpoint, I, you know, okay, cool. Um, now, to add to that, and this is what I find thoroughly ironic. They then went on and said, but we're going to create a factionless game where everybody can play with everything. And somehow we're able to balance those models in this other game, but we can't balance a limited selection of abilities in the game of Guild Ball. You're not wrong, Walter. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, one of, one of the things that I covered uh, that I covered last week was that the um w was that the the union wasn't uh, the, the union wasn't created to be a because they needed a a guild of players who could who could do everything. The union was created to to be a stopgap to expand the selection of the teams when there were only yeah. six players in a team and that uh, finally getting them out of that role and removing removing the need for them to be able to be balanced in other teams is only going to be good for the union. Uh, and if they follow through I, with that. Right, and that's, if, that's if where I'm getting that, to. I am super excited. Right, that's one thing I don't think I said last week that I think is worth saying this week is that that, that sort of uh, is only true if we then, in short order, following the completion of the, or even before the completion of the release of the Minor Guild cycle, see a... A substantial rework of union players to make them the best that they can be in their own context and to 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 pay off that promise that some of those players that aren't good in the union because they couldn't also be good in butchers or you know whatever combination you wanted uh, we we need to see that we need to see that pay off in order for union to uh, to not be sort of on the outside looking in over the next year when everybody else gets a suite of new toys and we get ten more teams and one team just sits stagnant. Now here is something that. I mentioned this, I think I might have mentioned this on Facebook in a discussion. And here is something that does concern me. A um, couple pieces of this all coming together. <laughs> so, sculpting and fluff, right? Russ and Sherwin are working closer together. They're working closer overall. My understanding is, listening to interviews that both have done recently, uh, they're working closer uh, with Matt and with the design team, and it's it's a tighter integration inside of Steamforged. Uh, to that end, I have yet to hear anybody 
outside of conversations I have started, point out the math problem here, which is they were pretty clear at least twice saying they're designing 10 new teams. Yeah. But what's funny is there's 11 teams out there now. So which team is not getting a minor guild? Union. They said it. Uh, see, I never heard them say Union wasn't getting one. Okay. Um, and I listened for that. I yeah. never I never heard them say Union wasn't, but that is my fear, is that right now, fluff-wise, if you go by the fluff, there's only, like, two Union players. <laughs> Well, Everybody else has gone somewhere else in the fluff. Well, yeah, I, I think Union is, and one of those Union players will is the not turtle. be Union will not be the. Uh, I, I get the the impression that Union will always be in the game, but they not, might not be in the story much longer. Which. But are they going to develop new... So if they're not in the story, then they're not going to really develop new models for the Union. So basically, my Union team is done. Unless it's uh, more church models. Which is always a possibility. But it's Union. Well, but you've got... So you're making... If you're... Benediction, Grace, Mist. But you're making minor... You're making minor guilds elsewhere... Right? And cool, fluff-wise, Church isn't really a minor guild. I get that. They're the big players. But, uh, you know, oh, Jace is saying he thinks the Church is going to be a minor guild for the farmers, which would then that cut would out the hard, idea. That would be hard, though. That would be so hard because all the existing Church players are in Union, and I don't think that they're going to move them around. And we can't have Veteran Grace, Veteran Benediction, Veteran Mist, and Brisket 5. Uh, Mist? Hold on. So so let's... Oh, I guess there's two. Yeah, Mist and... Sorry. There's three Union players, because Mist is still out there. Uh, keep in mind, Mist... A lot of people consider Mist Thulcetian, but look at his abilities. Yeah. He's not Thulcetian anywhere on there. In fact, he... If you go... He has a... Um, Shadow like from Solthesian. However, you look at anybody else that has a dodge, the next comparable ability like that is Vitriol's. And they were very specific that Vitriol's dodge ability is because she's trying to avoid the effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we don't know. I mean, the only thing we really have to tie Mist strongly to the, the church, of course, is her season three bio entry where. She goes to like a confessional and is pegged as member of uh, like the Crimson Order or something like that. So I mean, we we assume that that means that she works for the church. But um, who's that? Who's uh, Mists? Uh, you need to read the fluff, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. Now I got to go dig that up. Well. Right. It's like somebody else was telling me that uh, that there there was another call out without actually naming us that uh, that um, decimate is only a noble and not actually a royal. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I was too busy typing snark to really pay that much attention. Um, 
So we've got uh, we've got the minor guilds then. So what do you think of what do you think of rat catchers as a concept? Do you think that they are a good conceptual match for morticians? I think they're interesting. I think they're interesting. Um, I I hope the rest of the guild. I hope that big, tall, and scabby is not that good of a player. Scourge. <laughs> and because um, I don't like the model for the same reason I don't like the. Uh, I don't like the the sculpt. I haven't seen the actual model yet, but it's for the same reason. I'm not a huge fan of the of the um, catalyst models. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's big and bulky, a little bit rotten, and it just doesn't strike my fancy. All right, fair enough. You know, I'm not a I'm not a boils in in scabs type of guy or an undead type of guy. So I'm hoping he's not that good. Then I don't need to include him in the rat catchers. I'm sure I will play. I mean, hell. I will probably play everything, and if they have a good aesthetic, I'll even pick up the Engineers Minor Guild, since it's really the aesthetic on the Engineers that I'm not a huge fan of. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Now, for me, I think that the the weird thing for me about Rat Catchers is everybody's like, oh, well, but Graves and Vile Swarm, Graves and Vile Swarm. Well, Graves and Vile Swarm seem to be like the opposite of rat catchers and as much as they are in one case rats and in the other case sort of uh a, a friend to rats so it's it do is you, sort of a do weird you remember how, how long is uh vet graves been out now like he's a year a season two model so yeah a year and a half. so i mean he's already played with the back of his card effectively being blank for a year and a half what does it matter if they make him dual faction <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, hot takes with Bill. All right, so, uh, so let's go ahead and let's talk more about Union then, because we've already, we've already really kind of broached <laughs> it, but let's go ahead and get the rest of this out in, in the open. So how, how do you feel about, I mean, you've been kind of asking for Union to be on their own for three years. And we've seen a we've seen a very slow. Uh, I, we've seen a very we've slow seen a, movement we've seen towards receive. that. But now yeah, that it's seen sort of receive. official that it's going to happen, uh, do you think that this is good news for the union, or do you feel that union is going to be <laughs> forgotten in all this? Um. So last I checked, union was still in the top four guilds of power level i don't think they're gonna be forgotten i think there's plenty of top players who are still playing union we're still seeing people come into union um i'm from that aspect again i i am i'm happy to see the direction they're going um i and i would love it if that meant that union got a little bit of a redress and you know kind of touched touched up a bit yeah I'm not even sure they need it necessarily. I would just like to see it happen. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, if if we do in the season four timeline see another another errata pass to address some of the weaker players, there are certainly a handful of them in 
in Union. I mean, while Hemlock has has started to have a, a, a an interesting resurgence, I've I've noticed in tournament rosters. Yeah. Uh, my my buddy Fangtooth is so unimportant that he wasn't even mentioned in the Union and Chains. <laughs> poor boy. Oh. He's got to land somewhere. Like, there's got to be a veteran Fangtooth in one of these minor guilds, doesn't there? I mean, isn't, isn't that where he has to land at this point? The poor guy. But do they have to? I don't know if they have to, but I would just really like to see Fangtooth get something. I mean, he's he's been he's been slowly forgotten, and he's just such a cool miniature. I I am the opposite of you. I enjoyed painting Fangtooth and and lavishing attention upon his uh, scabs and yeah. because it was a it was a you know it was a painting challenge and it was a piece of work that I could be uh, ultimately proud of. So. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think, I mean, I think Fangtooth has fallen out of favor and I see so many people go and try to use him, and he's just a bulky model and there's other models in, in the faction that just do things better, do his job better. Now I'll say this. Um, I think that union proves out and, and this is where I will be interested to see how this plays out. I think Union, in the way they've built it, proves out the theory that a faction can hit its natural growth point and really have nothing new to add without doing power creep, without just simply making a better model. That it's very hard to find new design space in Union that doesn't already step on another model. Now, if that happens to be from the fact that they feel they're designing for you know, least level of, of disruption in other guilds, then I hope that they can come back and address the models across the union, um, address the models across the union and make them all unique in the way they do things in what they contribute so that it's a viable choice across the entire, the entire guild. Sure. Uh, because they're just, you know, when you, whether you come in competitively or not, there are just some models that do the same job better than other models in the guild. Yeah, and and it is it is true. I think that Union ultimately. I mean, what do they have? Fifteen, sixteen models, something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not even. They are, they are sort of at that point in in growth where. Matt and DC have always kind of said that we don't want to get any bigger than this and um you know they've always talked about wanting to have wow more guilds than than more players in guilds so i mean yeah they've really kind of hit that wall uh before anybody else so yeah if if you consider avarice and greed as one player which i do yeah uh it's 17 players yeah so i mean that's that's a deep team yeah, and uh-huh. I mean, and when you look across it, right, you have, a, a, so here's a great example. So if I take Decimate, Fangtooth, Avarice and Greed, and Gutter, right, you have three damage dealers there. Gutter also doubles up as some control repositioning, and but she's still a damage dealer. 
and she's two inches. So if you remove that, decimate Fangtooth and, uh, you know, decimate Fangtooth and, and Avarice and Greed, you have three one-inch reach beaters. Yeah. And it's kind of tough, you know, Fangtooth's not really a tar pit. Avarice and Greed and Decimate do things very differently. Decimate's very fast. Avarice and Greed is more sturdy. And now that's where you look at, you have three models filling the same space, you know, theoretically there, function-wise. And of those three, two of them clearly have something a little bit different and do it better. Yeah. Avarice and Greed are, fair, are directly a better correlation to Fangtooth. Well, but that's why we're kind of hoping for a a revision. You know, I think right, I right. think Union are in a position though, I guess to to wrap up what I said earlier is that Union are really in a position where they don't need to have any more story because they don't need to have any more players. They maybe just need to have the players they've already got touched from time to time. And well, so it might not be exciting for a union player to be looking at a future where you get no models in this one team. Um, there's a lot of other teams that you could still go out and buy. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, do we think minor guilds are as much about maybe motivating people to to add another team or 10 to their collection as they are about any, uh, any sort of mechanics or, or growth potentials or any purely altruistic things like that. I mean, well, if you assume that the minor guild is going to add six players, which it is, is a fair, right. And I think it, but if you, if you assume they're going to cap the minor guild at six players, right, they're going to add six, but if you assume they're going to cap it at six, mm-hmm. Eight becomes the new standard because two of the major guild players become crossover dual dual guild players. Right. Then what you end up with is you end up with 18 players who, 18 players in each guild who are in that play style, four of which you can't really play with the rest of the guild. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, you know, it's kind of weird to look at that magic number. You're looking at 18 players that are, okay, one big guild split into a major and a minor guild, and you're talking about 17 players in union right now. Yeah. So you're still close. talking about that yeah. same, you know, that same, same area. Yeah. So speaking of eight players, I guess here's here's sort of our next topic then is one of the things that they that they made a point of saying in the keynote was that the the minor guilds were going to be quote competitive unquote from um, from the start, and that they would they would be fine in tournament play. But yep. they of course did not give us any details of what that is. What is your well? And they did make uh, I don't remember if it was Perkins or I think Perkins mentioned expect or maybe it was it was Matt. Somebody made a comment about and expect a change yeah, to the organized sizes. play document. Yeah. So, I mean, what is your reading of the tea leaves then? Because, you know, a lot of people have 
have tried to decide, you know, is, is the future of organized play rosters eight players? Is it 12 players? Is it 16 players? There's been a lot of numbers thrown around. And some numbers work better than others. But I think the days of 10 are almost certainly done. So from reading tea leaves, I, so I, I look forward to being surprised on this. Uh, however, if I'm, if I'm trying to make a prediction, which, which she asked me for, uh, I, I go one of two ways. So I would make an even split bet on this. It either goes down to eight players, still let you do your two captain if you want, but really it's going to, what that's going to do is it's going to force single captain pretty wide. Um, or, mm-hmm. It's going to go up to 12 players, but allow you to take a major and a minor guild captain yeah. as your two captains. Yeah, those are those are both popular. Um, well, let me let me rephrase that. Those are both frequently speculated upon. I would not say that they're both popular. <laughs> my my sense is that people don't re aren't really excited about the the potential for eight now. In my in my deep tournament experience, I have to say that um, I wouldn't mind an eight-player tournament roster, given that I have taken six players to every tournament I've ever gone to. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, and and in my opinion, as a as a casual player, may be completely irrelevant here. And, um, uh, the, uh, the, the boys on the, uh, on the, uh, on the discord can, can tell me, can tell me what they think of my opinion on it, but I've never liked being able to bring two captains. I always kind of thought that the, like the real Iron Man approach to a tournament would be to have your captain be static and to get your versatility from a short bench. So uh, in that regard, if that were to be the approach taken in the future, then eight players would certainly meet that uh, that design and kind of take us back to what, like the early season one, I think, was eight players, was it not? Six, yeah. Well, for, oh, no, for no, the no, early sorry. tournament Yeah, rosters. early was eight. Yeah, yeah, early rosters were eight. Um, I wouldn't mind going down to eight. So um, we got comments from the chat room uh, about the fact that uh, it's got to go up to 12, uh, partly tied to sales and box size. I will say this. If, if it goes to 12 and even a portion of the driving reason for going to 12 is the six-man box is what's being sold, I think that's going to impact the credibility of the company drastically because the company as a whole from the beginning has drawn a line between we have to be driven by sales and we're going to build a competitive game that forces you to make choices that, you know, lets you paint your models that, you know, they've, they've separated or at least they've done a good job of making it look like they've separated those two factors uh and honestly the couple areas we've seen sales and retail get involved have been pretty badly you know handled 
um, when they've gotten involved in the things that the company has done from an organized play and from a from a event standpoint. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, I, I. Oh, was I not supposed to say that? I, I mean, I, I have seen people say that they can't do eight because then you're going to be asking people who buy, who buy into the game with a minor box to go buy a major box and potentially two major boxes in order to get the crossover players. And, you know, the answer to that is always going to be that while eight or 12 is the maximum roster size, the minimum roster size is always going to be six. Right. Oh, that's true. Absolutely true. Uh, you know, you'll be able to play with six players and on, and you know, if, if, if Jamie and, and DC and, and Bryce and, and the, Matt and everybody who's designing these players does a good job, six is enough. You know, I will still take the original six Masons against all comers. It's, it's a great team. Yeah. It's not the only team great is, team in the game. There's a lot. Of it people. is. And, you know, these 10 teams could be their, their masterpieces and who's going to care what the roster size is. So, uh, I don't see a, I don't see a play style issue with eight. I don't see a, I, I don't see a, uh, I, I can see people complaining about having to buy three team boxes to get an eight-man tournament you know roster they're really that do, they're so. net decking, because let's face it, the people who complain about having to buy three boxes to field eight specific players are just playing whatever list somebody in the War Machine community who also plays Guild Ball says is the best, and that's right. I'll put that on the wall and I'll stand by that. Don't at me, but most people who are going to buy one minor guild and then say oh but you know i bought my rat catchers now but i want veteran graves they're gonna sit there and say oh but if i buy this i'll have another team i can play too and yeah they might not take that team to a tournament but they might and either way they've got a second team to play i don't think a lot of people who are real guild ball players are going to complain about that world i think i think people who are bad competitive focus players might complain about that world and people who are people who are uh flavor of the week list copiers are going to complain about that world and we don't need them in our game anyway so hey we want everybody in the game hold on phil i really think they're going to surprise us in the new organized play doc when the minor guilds comes out is going to be uh a roster list of seven nine or eleven but must be an odd number of players yeah that's that's an interesting world. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so the chat room believes that Union are not going to get a minor guild. Are uh, you of the same belief? I, I was told you. I was specifically told in a, in a side conversation Union are, done. Union are not getting a minor guild. Ten is the number. So what do you expect then for the minor guild to the blacksmiths? Do you think they're all going to be apprentices and masters? Do you think only the crossover models are going to be apprentices and masters? Or that they're going to be one or the other? 
Yeah, I I guess that when I, I had a little, I, mean, they I had a be. very brief think about this, and what I expect is that the blacksmiths minor guild has to follow the build rules, which means that they're going to have to be what uh, three masters and three black and three three masters and three apprentices with one master crossover and one apprentice crossover going each way. See? And I would say only the crossover models have to be a master and apprentice because there's nothing that restricts you yeah. outside of blacksmiths from taking multiple masters or multiple apprentices or having to take them in pairs. Yeah, However, I mean, that's fair. It could just be a, a, a standard six-man team with a captain and a mascot and then two of those players just happen to have a master and apprentice designation on their card but are otherwise standard players. Yeah. yeah. You're right. There is nothing that says. But they then have you have to, to be careful format. about. Then you have to be careful about the crossover players that get identified from the from the blacksmiths to go down. Well, I would think that the the players going in each direction are going to have to be built similar. So you know, it's going to have to be a three three player and a one four or one three player going in each direction with similar role and power. But I would I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't want to revisit that master and apprentice theme again because there are so many other professions that have that structure and so many other opportunities to reuse it that why wouldn't they use it again? Because then what makes it what makes it not just this goes back to my very first comment. What makes it not just the blacksmiths? The entire blacksmith's five-minute elevator pitch is masters and apprentices. Yeah. Right? Just like the rat catcher's pitch is make, having to make a choice, forcing you to make a choice between two bad choices. The entire pitch of, and I think the pitch of the butchers originally was, you know, they've never seen something, uh, they've never seen a piece of meat that could, didn't, you know, whatever it was. Or, uh, you know, every problem is a piece of meat to be carved up, mm -hmm. right? The blacksmith's pitch is masters and apprentices. So why even call it a minor guild? Just make it a 18 player blacksmith guild. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, it could go either way. Uh, I don't think I would be shocked with either. And I would be shocked if they came before the last pair of guild stuff. <laughs> Given the fact yeah, that they're I, so new. I don't know. I'm sounding... I, I, I do not mean to sound so so negative. So um, Bill-like? Yeah, I, you know what? It's still my... Guild Ball is still my primary game. I still love it. I'm still running major events, which, have I mentioned to you, Spring Fling is coming up in uh, April 28th. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to do a more complete... Uh, <laughs> we'll have to do a more complete plug for Spring Fling when, yeah, uh, I'm, when I, we get I, to it. I guess... I, I'm not trying to be super negative and super salty. I'm not joining other podcasts like Rage Quit Wire who actually put themselves out on iTunes now. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, but there are things that have... I, I had higher expectations for the company, and I'm seeing compromises being made that I wish I wish they hadn't. doesn't make it a bad game. doesn't even make anything necessarily negative i'm still having fun i still have fun you know rolling in the salt rolling off of my opponents when i play my blacksmiths 
you dropped off. No, that was all I had to say. I oh, okay. was going to drop yet another <laughs> net, net list blacksmith. Uh, okay. I, so I will say this. What, it, what was your, well, you knew the expectation for the blacksmiths. What have you seen? Have you been able to play against them or play with them? No. So only, only like gold fishing by myself, you know, just seeing yeah. like what happens when these players do this and then shoving some bases around on the, on the, table. I have, I have been really intrigued. I am so tempted to just paint all my blacksmiths, like dig up some old GW corn berserker paint scheme. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because I think it sends exactly the wrong misleading message for what the blacksmiths are. Yeah. And I, th- in, in that I have found interesting watching across social media, um, going into the Thanksgiving holiday, I got involved in a couple of conversations and that people were talking about how difficult they were finding it playing blacksmiths and or winning games against them, right? And everybody seemed in the threads that I was reading seemed to come out with the same opinion. Uh, half of the people said they're incredibly easy to play against. And I can't figure out how to win with them. The other half of the people said, oh my God, they're overpowered and I can't lose with them. Mm -hmm. And what I tended to find is when I started not just reading through, but then injecting some comments, the bulk of the people who had trouble with them were trying to play them as a beating team. Yeah. They were trying to play them as a, you know, as a, as a heavy takeout, go fight team. The people who, picked up very specific lineups and played them as goal scoring were the ones on the side of their opponents saying they were overpowered. They couldn't lose. And the, I watched this conversation over like three days on Facebook completely transform from some people talking about the trouble they were having with them to, Oh my God, my entire game has changed just through the transition of, let me switch over to trying to score goals and take goal scoring models. Yeah, I mean, in in my eyes, they're they're a strong they're a strong sort of jank scoring team, and that's yeah. I think box one was a little bit misleading just because it had uh, only two <laughs> of the jank scoring models. Right. Right. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, they've been really been a, that a, way. Yeah. they've really been a three-zero team or or a two-two, where I do the work at the very end to get my two kills. Well, it's a lot of work to get those two kills. I think when you've when yeah. you've put when you've put the six goal scorers out, you suddenly find yourself hard pressed to get those two kills. But then if you take four goal scorers and two beaters. Maybe you don't have a very efficient team. It's, it's, it's. Oh, I think I have I a hugely efficient team. With to, I think it's hard to find teams. that that two two team with blacksmiths. Yeah, uh, Jace is making a point. You know, the first box had two seven damage bruisers, which I can't disagree with him. Yet I do find it amusing because I saw that as that box to me only has one seven damage bruiser, and then one of the best strikers in the game who also happens to do seven damage. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's a weird. It's a it, it's it's weird. It's, it's getting, a weird twenty two inch uh, or twenty four inch uh, goal. Well, also, you know, from from the start, I've not liked the play 
that sets up a 21 damage turn from Sledge or Iron. Um, it's a it's a series of events that is just uh, 21 damage is something you let happen to you, not something your opponent does to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I agree, um, and it's, it's so a much trap setup in a way. <laughs> I think it's a trap. Fourteen is not is not a, a big ask, but a lot of players could do fourteen. Oh, fifteen, right? Fifteen off of iron is pretty uh, pretty reliable. Yeah. So sledges sledges fourteens. Uh, yeah, I've I've found them very interesting. I'm enjoying the team. I'm enjoying the jank. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to step in. I, I don't know. They might step in and replace for a while my union or my my uh, morticians. Mm-hmm. I've uh I've been getting a lot of games in with those. Well, lately. you have you have rat catchers to wait for. I do have rat catchers <laughs> to wait for. And apparently, I won't have to wait that long. I'll just pick them up at Adepticon. Yeah, well, they they said uh, Adepticon or Gen Con maybe for. Uh for rat catchers right so and also the uh union and chains veterans were hopefully somewhere around gen con yeah that would uh no i thought they said gen con for those yeah gen con yeah um so uh opd is due to change around adepticon Mm -hmm. and somehow the plot card deck is not only going to get um deeper Mm-hmm. or larger, mm-hmm. but will also start to impact a um, beginning of the turn initiative. Uh, is your read on that, that the, that it will be whatever the changes will be additive to momentum and how initiative is calculated now? Or do you think it's going to replace that from the beginning of the game core mechanic? I think my Phil knows something and he doesn't want to say anything to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think what I would expect is that they're looking for a way to to change around how uh, the 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 points that are consistently made regarding special play cards in this issue is. They don't want you to forget about them anymore. So the the big the big change yeah, I is heard that. that they are now cards that rather than holding them in your hand and playing them situationally and, and playing them as gotchas and having special play cards be these really annoying things that ruin your game, they are going to be... Uh, things that are played at the start of a turn and either have a full turn, uh, either have a full turn effect or an immediate effect in the interface. So you don't forget about them anymore. And I, I think that is as much of a motivation as anything. Now, as far as it mechanically changing the way initiative works, I think that that is, I think that they would be foolish to remove momentum from the initiative equation, but 
for it to simply be momentum plus a die roll, I think that the writing is on the wall, that it's not just going to be that simple. Yeah. I, um, so I have not played games at the GICs yet. It's one of the things that we, my group has on the, um, has on the agenda to come up. I, I, I was so disgusted with the, with the pitch formations that I didn't get really excited about the GICs, even reading through them. Uh, one thing I did say reading through them, at least locally, I don't know if I said it on the cast, was they seem to me to be just kind of another iteration of plot cards. Um, mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool to me. Uh, taking the GICs, making it a bit deeper, having it affect momentum somehow, and have them be a per-turn play at the beginning of the turn for this effect for the turn, I think that would be really cool. I suspect that won't be the way they go. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I also think that they would be wary of touching the game in a way that is uh, too substantial. Given how... I would hope so. Yeah, given given that their their choices have tended to be safer, safer. Um, yeah. So what I'm expecting is play cards that just sort of mechanically work differently. In as much as rather than being triggered events, they are uh, immediate board state effects and that the the initiative equation is somehow modified by your existing die roll plus momentum plus some card. tilt that comes into play with the card what um like maybe kind of they'll have a system like i'm i'm throwing a dart at the wall here cuz i actually don't know exactly yeah, yeah. what they're going to um like, I wouldn't be shocked if they wanted to get rid of the die roll, and maybe there's a number on the card, and you can either play the effect or use the number, plus your momentum, and then, you know, plus the plus the die roll still if playtesting shows that that works better. You know, that something be, like that. That would be kind of cool, right? It, to do a momentum plus whatever the number on the card is. Mm-hmm. Now you know you have to, you know, you have to, just like on the die roll, right? Right now I know that as long as I'm plus five over your momentum, I go first. And yeah. anything below that is, um, you know, so it this would be would nice do the to same finally thing. get rid of that guaranteed go first state that people can get by generating momentum. Because while yeah. uh, you have to make the range of the number so high to get rid of that state well or at least to lessen it right because there is there is value to it i mean certain guilds have always striven to achieve that for tactical reasons but it would be nice to have just a little bit more tilt in that just a little bit more so you make the range on the cards one to ten and now you have to be plus nine to go first boy that's a lot i would have made it like one to six <laughs> but it's already one to six well another one to with six. a dice roll right Another one to six. I gotcha. 
I'm talking about if you, I, okay, so I see what you mean. I'm talking about replacing the dice roll with whatever the number on the right. card is. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a possibility to get rid of the dice roll altogether, but I think that that random thing is is hard to hard to get rid of, even if even if drawing the card is technically a a, a random. Okay. I I will say that is an area that I am more excited to sad that that got me more interested and excited and made me perk up more than the minor guilds part. Yeah. Um. It was a bigger even surprise though I liked, to me than the minor guilds. Was it? Well, because I knew about minor guilds. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but, you know, okay. <laughs> so, um, I didn't know the details, though. Um, the, uh, no, but I was, I was a little surprised that they, that they announced those, those specific OPD changes and, uh, pleased as well, because I do think that whatever it turns out to be, I do think that it can be an improvement over what we've got. And that comes from somebody who routinely forgets to play his his plot cards constantly so <laughs> if only that is corrected i would we like have to achieved see a, a positive i would like to see a deck of cards plot cards whatever these new plot cards are beginning of turn cards mm-hmm. i would be happy to see a deck of cards where the whole deck is useful and i think that's one of the downfalls of the season three deck is it is there are so many just plain situational cards. And now with some clarifications there, you know, some of the rules clarifications, there are some more simply not really useful cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number of times I'm trying to get it. I got a number of games in over the break and uh, a a good number of games. I got a good, good six, seven games in six games in over the break. And during those six games, when I look across all of them, I want to say easily for the games, I pulled one or two cards in my hand of five. Yeah. That just made no sense. I mean, like made no sense, period. Hey, I have a team with no heroic plays and you know, yay. I, I pulled a heroic landing. Um, you know, (laughs) Hey, um, yeah, it's certain things like that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I uh, I wonder if we're going to be. What is Adepticon? March. 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 I, I wonder when they'll start running the start running the blog articles about this. I would guess maybe January, February. So we shouldn't yeah, be too far away from getting some details. I, I am curious to see what this ultimately entails. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else we needed to cover that came out of, uh, uh, came out of SteamCon, uh, other than whatever got spoiled that I need to go, you know, listen to last week's podcast for? <laughs> um, I, I would like to know when we're going to see the losing Union Chain models. I think that's a very important question. I, I do too. I mean, those sculpts clearly haven't just been thrown away like they said. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think that um, uh, if we ask enough times, we will, we will, um, <laughs> we'll receive our answer. So, um, uh, 
are you excited for the world championship coming up? I sure. <laughs> are are you expecting anything out of the world championship coming up? Um, are you expecting to be surprised by anything? Um, I <laughs> no. <laughs> Bill, let's just let's be like painfully honest. What are the odds that I even know who's in it? <laughs> fair. Very fair. I, I mean, nothing personal against anybody. I'm just not... I don't follow tournaments that closely. It's not my bag. I love events. I love sitting around my my dining room table playing <laughs> playing the game i love talking about the game i love reading about the game i love interacting with the community on on my phone i love all those things playing spending an entire day playing (laughs) games against angry people is not something i love and unfortunately that sort of rubs off on how i how much attention I give to other people spending an entire day playing games against angry people. <laughs> so so let me ask you a couple of other questions. Right. I'm interested in your opinion. Uh, since this is our inter... What did you... I don't know. Since this is pre, uh, pre-SteamCon US. Yeah. Right? Right in the middle of the two SteamCons. Inter-SteamCon, as it were. Inter-SteamCon. I, I, I've already switched to another page here so that's that's why i wasn't able to read that <laughs> what will you be taking part in at SteamCon us seminars which ones um you doing the sculpting uh i thought russ wasn't gonna make it didn't uh is he on the schedule well here's what i'm trying to figure out so on the schedule there is still a pitch perfect sculpting okay but I thought I had also heard that Russ wasn't going to make it. So maybe he is. And okay, that would, well, be, cool. that would be good. Uh, I, uh, I always enjoy Sherwin's, um, Sherwin's story seminars because I do like to to hear Sherwin that, talk about his world and to when I is can that discuss the State it of the Empire? Yes, State of the Empire. Okay, so that's on Saturday. That'll be cool. Yeah. Um, I like to watch the design a character design a guild type seminars you know i mean when when we did them last year i was very much a fly on the wall at those because i i find it fascinating to watch to watch nerds in that sort of an environment where they're uh simultaneously trying to be participatory but also trying to be advocate for their own thing advocate for their own thing is a very <laughs> diplomatic way to put it uh so those so, are fun from a social you know a sociologist standpoint um but you know i like the i just like the more laid back social are you gonna play some games um sure we'll, we'll say yes <laughs> um no i i mean uh now, I, Phil, uh, as somebody who's going to SteamCon US yes. and who is interested, who likes to see the design a model and design a background, who attended the design a model last year, since this year at the US they have design a veteran model and design a background, 
And last year when they designed the model, it was Skulk who was put into the swag bag this year. Yeah. And at the UK, they already designed veteran honor and said she'll be in the swag bag next year. Yeah. What are you expecting out of the U S version of design a veteran model? Do you think they're going to do a second veteran model? If they do, will it be put into the swag bag? Will they just recap the UK stuff? Yes. It could be any of those. I mean, honestly, it could. They could, no they could rerun, they could just rerun the honor seminar and then kind of mer- mail merge the two ideas as their foundation for designing it themselves. Uh, they could. They could do a second miniature. They could do, uh, I mean, they could do anything. Uh, and hopefully they'll do something uh, something fun because I'll be missing, a, I, I won't be playing in a tournament to go see this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, look, what what am I going to do at SteamCon? I'm, gonna, I'm going to spend the mornings... Um, being very groggy in the seminar room. I'm going to spend the afternoons uh, talking to people and being a pain in the ass. Then there will be food. Then I will get drunk and talk to people and be a bigger pain in the ass. And that's basically what my weekend is going to be. <laughs> I don't expect it to, to involve a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, uh, actual guild ball. So, um, you know, but that's, isn't that what I always do? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always intrigued by the fact that you don't play in like the fun events, right? Like they have the, uh, the blacksmith's launch event or the, yeah, the, the musical teams. teams. And all that yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'm not a big fan of the like who's your captain and and mixing up the teams type events. I, I tend to get very frustrated in those because it's it's so broken, right? Like I don't I don't want to play a game that is that broken. So I don't want to play in like a snake draft event or a random captain event or something like that um the same with the doubles where you've got like the two captains on the board and stuff like they're they're just broken games and uh i don't actually find that to be fun i like i'm one of those people who who actually cares about game balance and, (laughs) and and wants the game to be to be balanced so I actually find that kind of event to be a bit frustrating. So uh, I tend to avoid that sort of thing. And you know, at the end of the day, I just you know, I've I go I go to stuff like this for a different reason. I don't go to to test my my skill at the game. I don't go on the the, the lore of being the champion or being the best. I go because there's going to be a whole bunch of community people there and I can hang out with them and we can have a good time because honestly, I only do anything in the Guild Ball world because there's a bunch of community people there 
and we can talk and we can have a good time. You know, that's that's what yeah, makes well, that's me do I this say, podcast. Yeah. That's what makes me go on Twitter. That's what makes me do anything. Um, and every once in a while, painting. you play a game. Also painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and painting is kind of how you, you phrase that. But I don't do a lot of painting at conventions because that's hard to sort yeah. of arrange. But... And you won't let me pay you to paint my models, so... I won't let anybody pay me to paint their <laughs> models. I barely get my own models done, Bill. I am uh, so far behind on models right now. Uh, so what do you think about rookies, the rookie league? Um, I think that, uh, you know, as a, as a casual, play a bunch of games over a few weeks or a long weekend format, it's fun. It's it's nice to see it's it's nice to see that little bit of character development that's kind of contained inside of a, a very small package, where you still feel like you're getting some progression, but yeah, and, and you kind of accept the fact that if you run it all the way to the end, the these characters are just ridiculous. I am um, I am disappointed there has not been a, a lot of support for the big league. Yeah. It makes me wonder if uh, if Big League didn't get the pickup that they were expecting, um, which makes me sad because in my local area, I mean, I've run two, two big leagues, three big leagues, mm-hmm. and we, we loved all of them. Um, yeah, but it's a little hard day, now. This is a tournament game, Bill. It's not a... It's not a unfortunately what do you mean almost, by it? It, but, but wait a minute now i'm not sure i agree with that what do you mean by a tournament game well i think most players are focused on their their sort of event style play i think most players are not necessarily oh, okay wanting guild to be ball is a tournament it. game not the big yes. leagues are right no guild ball itself i think is a tournament and event focused game and outside of specific groups, sort of casual structured league play is not going to be all that popular. And, and you know, to be honest, it's it's understandable. I mean, other similar games have the same have the same characteristic. You know, Blood Bowl is very much like that. It's it's very much a tournament game. And league rules were always problematic, and people didn't like them. Yeah, so, I, again, I so I come out of a Malifaux background. Malifaux, we did a lot, even in the tournaments, to do story encounters and whatnot. Um, I guess that's it, you're saying a lot of what I was starting to say. Um, it disappoints me that big league didn't do as well. I like the fact that they've added a, the rookie leagues. They've added a new, non-competitive, casual league. Mm-hmm. type of organized play. I think that's really cool. I wish they would go back and give more support to the big leagues mm-hmm. because I think the big league system is fantastic. Yeah, I Absolutely think it's well fantastic. designed. I think it I think it's fun. It's got a lot of potential. Uh it's just not how most people want to play the game. You know, it's it's how I would play the game if I had the time to show up one day a week without right. fail. But um, I, I don't know that that is how people are playing this game out there. Well, my uh, my experience in event running says they're not. 
because my <laughs> uh, my casual day played. So I, it was great. I posted um, just a couple months ago. I posted up and said, "Hey, you know, I, I got two choices coming up. I could on such and such a day, I could run a casual day where we basically take all the different game formats. Everybody, you know, I'll do matching so everybody can get games, and pretty much you just pick. I'll have printed out cards." Uh, you could do speedball, you can do whatever, you know, oh, you know, captain my captain, whatever fun stuff you want to do. And we have a bunch of formats or we could have a tournament and there was zero response to the, Hey, let's have fun formats. Yet amazingly, the tournament turned into the veterans day tournament with 17 people showing up. Yeah. So that's the game we've got. Yeah. I Not mean, they made thing. a damn I mean, fine I... competitive game. It's a shock that people want to play it in a competitive format. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I enjoy the competitive side, too. But uh, there are things. I do get to go out pretty much one day a week regularly. And uh, it was nice to be able to get in the big league campaign play as well. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, I, I know they uh, ran a couple of them here in Tampa before Tampa collapsed. And uh, So are you going to try to get some, uh, play around with some of the rookie cards during the rookie league at, at SteamCon US? Or is that going to interfere with the talking? Sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm oh, also going to so enter the last chance qualifier games. and the the blacksmiths. Uh, Come on, now the rookie league is all open play games. I mean, you don't even have to be competitive there. I, I get staying away from the last chance qualifier. I even get your captain, my captain, and stuff is unbalanced. But open play, you're going to avoid games in open play. Bill, I don't think I'm bringing miniatures. Oh, that makes me so sad. <laughs> makes me so sad. I haven't decided yet. I might not. Actually, what I might do is I might just buy uh, Blacksmith's Box 2 the the first chance I get and just play that all weekend. Oh. You're not going to buy it to sell for $180? Why would I do that? I've got a horse i got to cut apart. <laughs> I, I just am going to record my... I'm going to let my wife loose on you, berate you, and give you a hard time for not playing, and I'm just going to record it. Okay, excellent. So <laughs> we... Uh, all right, Bill, so... Uh, I think we've beaten SteamCon <laughs> UK to death. <laughs> Haven't we? Did I miss anything? Probably. So uh, my my last question for you for the night is of course how do you feel about the uh the new mash figure is is that everything you ever wanted and more makes me feel a little funny in my pants excellent pants feelings are always how we should end this show <laughs> all right folks that was our uh inter steam gone show and we will uh what do you figure? We probably won't be back the day after SteamCon, but maybe we'll try to do something late next week or the, the next Monday, depending on our schedule, where we talk about SteamCon 2, Electric Boogaloo, and uh, all the things that we uh, said that were uh, turned out to be wrong. I think that's a plan. All right, very good. All right, he has been Bill. I have been Phil. This has been Gilball Tonight. They have been the chat room. The dog finally uh, shut up, I noticed. And uh, good night, everybody. Well, you're not going to say good night? Good night. Excellent. Knees up. Watch the knives.
To join the conversation, comment on the show post at guildballtonight.com or email us at guildballtonight at gmail.com. Also, feel free to give us five stars on iTunes. Every little bit helps. But when you do, don't write a review of the show. No. Instead, just tell everybody why you love Flint so very much. Guild Ball is property of Steamforged Games Limited. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guests are their own and do not represent the official position of Steamforged Games, Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems, Aperture Laboratories, or even the other host and guests. Dogs barking can't fly without umbrella. It is time once again for another installment of Ox's Poetry Corner. There are no minor guilds, only minor players. See you at SteamCon!